1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host here this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride podcast. It's Wednesday morning. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. It's Wednesday, which means that in the second half of this podcast, yeah, that's right, the mailbag will be opened up. You all delivered again. And if you're wondering, what do I have to do to get my question answered on your podcast? It's simple. Go to Twitter. If you haven't created an account, create an account. It's free. Follow me at J Hartman. excuse me, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Every Tuesday around midday, maybe early afternoon, sometimes, I don't know, mid-morning, I send out a tweet basically saying, look, hey, fire away, let's go, and we get a lot of responses, and I appreciate every single one of them, and I'm going to answer every single one of them, no matter what, in the second half of this podcast. But before we get started, let's do the plugs. Let's get the plugs out of the way. Obviously BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, we are, the podcast platform is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. So make sure that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. That sounded like a live read, folks. I swear, I didn't, did not read a thing. That sounded like a live read. (laughs) That's, Sometimes I crack myself up. Also, make sure wherever you get your podcast, find us, search Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain, follow, subscribe, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, let's talk about this show. And this is a show that I think a lot of people, I know some people on Twitter had mentioned me and said, hey, when are you going to talk about this? And this happened on Tuesday. So here we are on Wednesday. Actually, I think it might have happened Monday evening, and then it just kind of recirculated itself. The title of this podcast is Steeler Fans. Don't read too much into these off-season stories. This does circulate and start with one particular story, and obviously we're going to talk about that. But this is a general statement as well. These off-season stories, we can all remember stories from over the summers and in the spring, where things are just maybe blown out of proportion a little too much. Maybe it's a he said, he said situation or a she said, he said situation. However that goes, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's one of those stories that they heard a half truth and they take it as a full truth. Look, there's so many different ways that you can manipulate something that someone tells you if you fully don't grasp and understand what they're saying. And, of course, I'm talking about the situation that seemed to have blown up on social media. I had people saying, Jeff, what do you think about this T.J. Watt story, this T.J. Watt report? I'm like, what T.J. Watt report? And then finally someone said, Jeff, did you find out? I was like, what Watt report are you talking about? Most of the time I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's going on with the Steelers. And if I don't, someone on our podcast platform or on on our website – Our editorial staff, they have a finger on it, and they would bring it up and put it in our Slack channel so that we're all aware no one had done it. And so I'm, I'm in the dark here, so I just do a simple search, and here we go. It just happens to be one of my favorite personalities in the Pittsburgh, I guess we'll call it, journalism community. I use that term with this individual very, very loosely. And we're talking about one Mark Madden. Yes, 1059 the X shock jock. I don't like shock jocks in general. Uh, hence why I'm not a huge fan of Mark Madden. Uh, but my disdain for Mark Madden goes beyond that. This goes back when I had my own website. I started a website on Blogger. It was blogspot.com. It was a part of Google. And I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it was black and gold blitz at blogspot.blogspot.com. And this is how I got started. I did podcasts about the Penguins, Pirates, and Steelers. I wrote about all three teams, and I, I created a Twitter account. It's the same Twitter account that I actually still use, just the name has changed. And I just sent a tweet out there one day. I'm getting ready to watch the Pittsburgh Penguins play, and I see Mark Madden chirping off about something which I feel like he doesn't know anything about. And I said, since when did Mark Madden become an expert on the Penguins? Now, I didn't tag Mark Madden. Now, some would say that's a cop-out. Whatever. I really don't care. I just wrote his name. And by the way, I was also maybe – I maybe had uh, 500 followers at the time. I mean, it was a very small account. I don't have a lot of followers now anyways, but I'm a lot – it's a lot – my account's a lot bigger now than it was then. We'll put it that way. He must be searching his name in Twitter. Why? He responded to my tweet And attacked me and called me a stupid blogger and maybe I should stick to what I know. He's been writing and covering the Penguins since the 1989 season or something like that. And I was like, wow, how insensitive is this guy that a guy with 500 followers just mentions his name, doesn't tag him, doesn't really say anything that outlandish. And he attacks him like that on social media. That showed me a lot. That told me a lot about him. And so I don't follow him anymore. I don't listen to him, obviously. And that's probably one of the reasons I hadn't heard this story until it got brought to my attention by some of my followers on social media. So here's what the story was. So the Steelers lose. We all know it's disappointing. They lose to the Browns, and clearly there's going to be players that are upset. And I would imagine that one T.J. Watt was probably – maybe he was the most upset on the defense and he had a great season he's probably thinking about am i going to be able to add a defensive player of the year award to my trophy case uh maybe we'll get to the super bowl 11 and 0 star, well we all know the nosedive the team took i don't need to reiterate that mark madden somehow finds out okay he somehow finds out and this is his source take that for what it's worth this is his source he says live on the air that he heard that T.J. Watt basically blew off his exit meeting. He did not go. Now, here's this was tweeted out from the Blitzburg, which is Renegade Blitz, whatever they're calling themselves these days. They said this, quote, on Twitter. Mark Madden says T.J. Watt skipped his exit interview with the Steelers and told them to send his information to Wisconsin. Says T.J. Watt appeared to be frustrated, hashtag Steelers. Okay, t- all right, that's fine. This thing got legs really quick, would really quick. And so TJ Watt himself, which I'm shocked at this, by the way, he did not have to do this. He did not. I don't, I, I probably would have told him if he asked me, Hey, should I do this? I would have said, no, there's no need to, but he writes, would love to hear who Mark's sources are. They certainly can't be myself. Coach T, Kevin Colbert, or coach Butler, all of whom I met with during exit interviews prior to packing my own things after a hard-fought season trying to give everything I have for the city of Pittsburgh. So clearly this struck a nerve with T.J. Watt. It did. Now, the entire Tuesday was spent with this back and forth and people sticking up for Mark Madden and people that are saying that he's ridiculous. And it literally is. I mean, you had people like Dayon Kovacevic saying longtime listeners know Mark Madden. And I often disagree. I've got some broader issues with how he handles the Steelers and Pirates, but I've never known him in my life to simply make something up. Not once. He's a journalism lifer. OK, and I was like, oh, take that with a grain of salt, uh, you know. But nonetheless, it is what it is. So it's really, do you believe him or you don't? Well, the plot thickens a little bit. And the plot thickens when Mark Kabali of The Athletic, he goes on 93.7 The Fan. And that's the station that Mark Madden affectionately calls the B Team, meaning he doesn't think that they're worth very much. And Mark Madden, I'm sorry, Mark Caballi says about the T.J. Watt controversy, I know he went through the exit interview in person he met with trainers he met with everyone he needed to meet with okay so he told that andrew filiponi of 93.7 the fan put that out on social media put it out on his verified twitter account i mean this was so bad Derek watt jj watt they were all they were all in on it okay they were all commenting on this on social media it really really picked up steam quick so then Madden, just a few hours before I go on the air to record this, says, look, Kaboli was told by a source, same as me, he didn't see it, and the beat goes on. And Kaboli even responded with, agree. So they both have sources, and no one knows exactly what happened. It's a he said, he said situation. Like I said. Madden finishes this up with, Kaboli and uh, Hathorn were told what made the exit meeting. I was told he didn't. That's where this stands. Same place as yesterday. Mark and Jeff provided no revelation beyond mine. I'm done talking about it. B team selective and using what Kabali said. Cherry picked for Twitter. He's talking about 93.7 The Fan. Obviously, there is going to be uh, some competition between 105.9 The X and 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh as it comes to Sports Talk Radio. But still, let's break this down a little bit. Okay, so just from social media's perspective... From social media's perspective, you look at this situation, you look at what happened. So let's not forget that when the Pittsburgh Steelers season ended, right afterwards, what happened? Eric Ebron tested positive for COVID-19, and they had to shut their facility down. So right, at the, right then, and, and Mike Tomlin met with the media on Wednesday of that week, and during that meeting, he said that they had not really started a lot of the exit interviews yet well, if you follow TJ Watt on social media, he normally doesn't post that much. A lot of the stuff he does post are advertisements from his sponsors like Reebok and Subway. He was posting a ton of pictures. He was on vacation with his girlfriend. Good for him. Yeah, seriously, good for him to be able to go out there and have a vacation after a hard-fought season, which I'm sure was exhausting, by the way, with everything that happened. And there's a good chance. Now, Kaboli says that they had the interview in person, but there's also a good chance that it was it was virtual. Let me just run this by you and tell me if you think this is crazy. What if TJ Watt, because the facility was shut down, he contacts the coaching staff and says, Hey, guys, look, I'm trying to get out of here. Can we do my exit interview virtually? I'm sure Mike Tomlin would say, Yeah, that's fine. So they do a a virtual exit interview, and he meets with everyone. And they might say, hey, TJ, what do you want us to do with your stuff? And he says, just ship it to Wisconsin, because that's probably where he's going in the offseason. And then somehow it goes that he didn't have an exit interview. He told him to ship all his stuff to Wisconsin, and that's how things get blown out of proportion. Look, who's right and who's wrong is not up to me to decide. Okay? It's just not. I I honestly don't think this story is worth its weight in gold. It's not worth its weight in anything because – it doesn't carry any legs with me, and I'm as Mark as as Mark Madden called me. I'm a blogger. I hate that term because I feel like I'm more than a blogger, but still, um, that's kind of what I am. And let's call a spade a spade. And if I, as a quote unquote blogger, are not going to write this article for the website that we run, I'm not going to give this a lot of attention at the moment that it happens. I'm really only answering this because people wanted me to talk about it and they wanted my take on it. So if it's it's not answering those for a blogger, then is this really even a story? And this is where it goes back to TJ Watt just needs to let this die. JJ Watt doesn't need to chime in. Derek Watt doesn't need to chime in. Any other Watt member does not need to chime in on this story at all. Literally just let it go. Let it go. And at some point, I'm sure because we know the Pittsburgh media, whether it's the scouting combine, I'm sure that they'll have some type of interview before the draft with Kevin Colbert. Mike Tomlin will probably be there. I know that Art Rooney typically meets with media shortly after the season ends, and I guarantee that they will ask him about this story. I can't believe it, but they will. We know they will. And he'll probably say, we met with TJ. I'm not sure where that story came from. And Madden will stick to his guns and everyone else will call him an idiot and life will proceed as usual. That's it. That's exactly what will happen. But these offseason stories, they just stem from frustration, period. They stem from frustration. TJ Watt could have been upset. He could have been frustrated. Someone could have overheard him just say, after a game or after a practice or after a meeting just send my crap to Wisconsin and he probably meant it but ultimately that doesn't mean that he didn't go through his exit interview that doesn't mean that there's drama there it doesn't mean that TJ Watt is not the hardest worker in the facility the first guy in the last guy out it does not mean anything about Watt and his future with the Steelers so why are we talking about it that's what I that's that's exactly where it boils down for me why are we talking about it because ultimately it doesn't matter it doesn't matter If anything, the Steelers have proven that it doesn't matter. Look at what Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, look at what they've done, Martavis Bryant even, in the offseason. Look at what they've done, and all of a sudden you're saying, if you're good, they don't care. (laughs) They they just don't. If you're good, they want you on the team. They'll tolerate this stuff. I don't think that T.J. Watt is a jerk. I don't think that T.J. Watt stormed out. I don't think he's a crybaby. I think that he's frustrated, he's a competitor, he wants to win, and that's where I'm going to stand on it. That's it. All right, I'm not going to give it any more oxygen. I'm just going to let it ride, and let's ride podcasts, you know? So that's you can have your own opinion. Everyone's entitled to it. But my opinion is that this is a non-story. It is absolutely a non-story. Not for Watt, not for Tomlin, not for Rooney, not for Butler, not for Colbert, no one. Non-story, Period. And that's without my personal feelings about Mark Madden. So there you go. All right, folks, with that said, let me take a quick break. When we come back after this break, I'm going to talk about answering your questions. The mailbag, time to open it up. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night.
1: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride podcast. And as we always do on Wednesday, it's mailbag time. I feel like I should have some music of some kind. Like when I say it's mailbag time, like a, a jingle or something. Speaking of music, I do want to give a shout out to the Jerry Cherry Band. They are the people that accompany this show, both at the beginning and the end and in between the breaks. Big shout out to Jerry. He's a huge fan of the show. He gave me the green light to utilize his music. And that's, I've had a lot of people say, who is that band that you play at the beginning of your shows? And it's the Jerry Cherry Band. You can find them on Twitter. Search Jerry Cherry Band. Give him a follow. Support his YouTube channel. It all helps. Much love to him. Big shout out. All right, let's get to these questions. Have a lot of them, and we're going to get to all of them. Darn it. Shield 91, he said, could we see a Jeff and the Aussies offseason special? You know what? I don't know what platform it would be, like if it would be a Let's Ride podcast or if I would go on their Touchdown Under. I would love to do it. I would love to do it. I'm going to say it right now. If uh, Mark and, and Maddie are listening, I you want me to have me on, let me know what you want to talk about, and we'll come on and we'll dish. Uh, that would be pretty cool. The Aussies, the blokes down under. All right, Amendez asks, can we get Pep? He's talking about uh, Pep, the the quarterback's coach, obviously, uh, from San Diego, that interviewed for the offensive coordinator job and was also the head coach of the DC, uh, I think it was the XFL team. Yeah. Yeah. He said, can we get him as a quarterback coach to work with Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins? If so, is there enough confidence there with Rudolph and Haskins to negate the need to draft a quarterback with an early pick? Okay, let's talk about this. Pep could be the quarterback's coach. Now, the Steelers came out today on, I'm sorry, Tuesday, and they said they are looking, they're they're interviewing Mike Sullivan. No, not the Penguins head coach. Another Mike Sullivan, who was a quarterback's coach a couple places like Denver, the New York Giants. They interviewed him for the quarterbacks coach, first and foremost, make a mental note that they are going to hire a quarterbacks coach, which is something they did not do when they hired Randy Feedner in 2018. They made him absorb that job. So they are going to bring in the a quarterbacks coach with Matt Canada being the official hire at offensive coordinator. We'll talk a lot about that on Friday, by the way, Matt Canada, what that means for the Steelers. I think they could bring in Pep as a quarterbacks coach if he wants that job. He might be looking at something that's it's loftier than that. He might be looking for a coordinator job. But hey, we'll see. They did interview him. They do get they do have that familiarity with him. Maybe even though he didn't get the OC job, maybe he gets the quarterback job. Could he impress enough that they don't need to draft a pick? They that would be tough. I, I don't need we would assume they're gonna be there's gonna be a preseason next year who knows what Haskins is going to look like? Who knows what Rudolph is going to look like? We'll see. That's a lot to ask right now when Haskins is coming off a really bad year, both on and off the field. Aaron Meyer says, is Ben in it purely for the money? Let's stop the altruism for a moment. Okay. Look, I get Ben Roethlisberger, just for the record, Ben Roethlisberger in 2021, if he plays, is not, I repeat, is not going to be bringing in $41 million. His salary cap count will be $41 million. What he will actually bring in, he will bring in, I think it's around $19 million. That's still a lot of money. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to make anyone. I don't want anyone to think like, Oh my gosh, Jeff's making 19 million sound like it's Trump change. No, that is not it. But a lot of people think he's going to make $41 million. That's not it. It's just the they deferred money from all those negotiate. When they redo a deal, they push the money back. They kick the can down the street. You eventually got to pick it up. But all these guys are in it for money. Every single one of them. Sure, they want to win. Sure, they love their team. Sure, they want to be a champion. They're also in it for the money. And this is a guy, Ben Roethlisberger has made generational money meaning that several generations after he's gone will probably never have to work if they didn't want to. At the same time, you're looking at, OK, what in the world? What in the world are we going to do here? You know, Ben making a lot of money. Is he in it just for the money? I don't think so. Not at this stage in his career. He's made well over one hundred million dollars. He's going to make even more. Um, I don't think he's in it for the money, but I can see why a lot of people would think that. Lori says, are you happy with Canada as our offensive coordinator? What type of offense do you think he will run with Ben under center? Well, there's a lot of tough answers with this one, two questions. I am happy with Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. I was not shocked that he was the offensive coordinator. This is a very Steelers like move in terms of just, oh, well, okay. Matt Canada, yeah, you're in line. We'll just get it done. Yeah. I'm not shocked by that. Okay. Also, what type of offense? That is the toughest question. Because if you look back at Matt Canada, wherever he's gone, we're talking his time at Pitt. We're talking his time at NC State. We're talking about his time at the University of Maryland, his brief stint at LSU. Wherever he has gone, it has been something different. He will literally adapt the offense around who he has on his roster which is a good trait, by the way. It's a very good trait. So I don't want anyone to think that Matt Canada is a, it's my way or the highway type of coach. He's a, what do we have and how can I make it work for us? So what's it going to look like? I honestly don't know. I think that, like you just said in your question, Lori, will with Ben under center, like that's the key. Will Ben be under center? I think that's going to be really, really important. And like I told you earlier in the show, I'm going to talk about this more on Friday, so stay tuned. All right, Tony asks, like to know why Matt and not Pep for OC? He's talking about Matt Canada getting it and not Pep. I I have no clue. I have no clue if or why the Steelers chose one over the other. Maybe it's because Ben Roethlisberger is coming back and they say that you know Ben's going to want at least someone that he is remotely familiar with. He spent the entire year with Matt Canada in 2020 as a quarterback's coach. They Maybe they want that familiarity. I don't know. Maybe Tomlin just liked Matt Canada's concepts better. Not sure. But for some reason, it wasn't just over Pep, but also Hugh Jackson and anyone else that they had in mind for that offensive coordinator job. And that's an answer we'll probably never really find out. Steelers, 2021 draft season says any chance the Steelers go a defensive back in one of the first three rounds Hayden could be a cap casualty and we will lose at least one of Hilton or Sutton not to mention Edmonds despite the INTs is still a noticeable liability tackling in the open field I could see them going defensive back but not safety in the first three rounds I could see them going cornerback, but not safety because if you think about it you have Edmonds you still have Jordan Dangerfield They drafted Antoine Brooks last season. He did make the team, mind you. And he was a late round pick, but he did make the team. They might, they at least kept him around for a reason. You still have Marcus Allen, who's technically a safety, but played linebacker at the end of the season last in, in 2020. I could see them going cornerback. I'm not impressed with Justin Lane at all. I, I just thought that he would make bigger strides. Maybe he was a guy and he's not going anywhere. Okay. He's not going to be, he's not there cutting Justin Lane. And maybe if he actually has a preseason, he'll be able to show more. But from what we saw this season, I don't believe that he is the next guy on the outside. If they can go out and find someone, I would be hundred percent. Okay. With it next Ben S. Okay. So if Bay, big Ben ends up retiring. What do you think they do? Draft a quarterback, trade for a veteran quarterback or roll with Mason and Haskins with Haskins and the finances behind his deal. Okay? With the finances being released behind his deal which if you haven't read that article I wrote it for the website on Tuesday. They basically pay him 800 I think it's $850,000 for one year there's no guaranteed money, zero. It's 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 as low risk as it gets. As low risk as it gets, okay? So with Haskins You're you can roll the dice with him and not have to worry about oh man we're on the hook for how many million it's not even that so I think if Ben Roethlisberger were to retire and with Rudolph and Haskins there that tells me I think the Steelers are going to say unless a quarterback drops to us I don't think they're going to draft one that scares me you know my take on this I did a whole podcast or at least half of a show on why the Steelers should take a quarterback and be aggressive and move up I still think they should please make it be Trey Lance. Please make it be Trey Lance. P mate. Please make it be Trey Lance. I'll say it three times. Maybe it'll come true. But still, it gives the Steelers some flexibility. If Roethlisberger retires, I think they would be okay going into the season with Mason Rudolph and or Dwayne Haskins a quarterback. It would be a rough go of it because it would be a quarterback battle. Who knows who's going to win the job. Both of those players have been known to be iffy at times. We'll see. I still want them to draft a quarterback. I'll put it that way. Paul asks, how important is the new quarterback coach for Haskins development? Assuming he's on the 53-man roster next season. And following that up, do you have a personal favorite for that position? Honestly, when it comes to a quarterback's coach, you want someone that has done it for a while. That is, I really do think when you're talking about an individual coach, okay, you're talking about a quarterback's coach. You're talking about a wide receiver coach or any specific position coach when you're talking about those type of coaches personality means a lot and how do you jive with that position group so like Ike Hilliard coming in last season from the from the Washington football team he takes over a really young group that was a great hire I think because he's a younger guy he played in the league he had success in the league he's the perfect person to help these young receivers kind of mature in the league compare that to someone rest in peace Daryl drake but he was he was a lot older he was someone that was long in the tooth obviously and he got to the point where maybe younger players wouldn't really understand him too much the young these young athletes have changed a lot a lot okay so keep that in mind but ultimately i think that uh i really have no particular person that i think would get it if pep gets it that's awesome if they end up going with someone like mike sullivan that's fine too i trust the steelers pierce asks, what should we consider a success for 2021 personally i don't have the hope for a super bowl that i normally do but i think if we maintain a top tier defense and create a good ground game a slash offensive line then that's a win when you when then you find a quarterback thoughts i agree with you pierce i don't necessarily think that this is a team that's going to be favored to win the Super Bowl. They probably won't get any picks for even to win the division next year. And that's fine. I don't care about that. But I do think that you bring up some good points that even if they don't win the Super Bowl in 2021 or if they're not that type of team in 2021, this could be a stepping stone season. This could be a season where they establish that ground game, rebuild some of the offensive line, figure out who the quarterback is going to be at least in the near future, maybe not for the next decade, but at least in the near future. And with that defense, continue to keep it churning and running at a high level. I agree with you. I think that this is a group that definitely could use 2020. They could be very competitive and they could make the playoffs and who knows when you get in, what can happen. But I just think that this team's going to have some challenges and it starts with the salary cap. Ann Smith says, thoughts on Ben only wanting to come back if Juju's back. I don't know. I didn't really hear that. I did hear Roethlisberger's comments about how he wants him back. I got to be honest. I did not hear him say, I'm only coming back if Juju is back. So with that said, I don't blame Roethlisberger for saying, I want Juju back. That's his guy because he's the most veteran receiver on the team. If Juju Smith-Schuster's gone, the most veteran receiver he has is James Washington. And we know that Roethlisberger and Washington, for some reason, I don't know why, they just don't mesh. I don't know why. They just don't mesh. So I think that Roethlisberger wants Juju back. It might be a big decision, a part of his decision-making process, but ultimately, I didn't hear that exact quote. So if I could be wrong. Coach Travis says, if you were the general manager, how much would you give up to get Deshaun Watson? Wow. Deshaun Watson is quite the talent. Um, I'm going to go with, if if I were Kevin Colbert, I would give up a first this year. I would... I would give up a first next year and maybe a second the year after. And that may be, you're nuts. Deshaun Watson's still a young quarterback. You're going to get 10 years for him and you're going to get an established quarterback. That's what I would do. You might say that's too steep. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but that's what I would give up. Robert D. Henderson said, who's going to be our O-line and quarterback coach? What blocking style are the Steelers going to use under Canada? These are the big questions. You know, not only is who's going to coach these guys who are the players they're going to coach quarterback is Roethlisberger going to be there is are they going to try to get Joshua Dobbs back in the fold we know Devlin Hodges is now a member of the Rams you're talking about Haskins you're talking about Rudolph in terms of blocking style is Marquise Pouncey going to retire is Alejandro Villanueva going to be back what about Matt Finley? they're all free agents Zach Banner's a free agent yeah the coaches are important I'm focusing on what players are going to be back so keep that in mind too Rich Says, who do you think is the running back room for 2021? I don't see James Conner being back unless he takes a bargain bin basement deal with the Steelers. So, therefore, I do think that they're going to probably think about drafting a running back, but I think that they'll roll with Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels will still be under contract. And I think Anthony McFarland is going to be a little bit better. So, with all those, I think you have those three. If you draft a guy that's four, Maybe they'll pick up another one and have them as their fourth. I'm not sure. I don't see them getting a a free agent running back on the market. That's just the way that the Steelers are trending as it pertains to that. Okay, next question by uh, Zibs, I think is how you say it. Should getting a tight end be one of the Steelers' priorities in the draft, or can they push it back for later rounds? I think that tight end should be not a top priority. I would probably have that if I'm doing my top five positional needs it's going to be around six or seven and that's that's just my own rankings I've done this article for the website and I did not have tight end in my top five but that doesn't mean it's not a need I just don't see tight ends you have two type of tight ends anymore you have the blockers and the pass catchers they had the Steelers have the pass catcher Nebron. Ebron they need a guy that can block I'm not sure if Zach Gentry's that guy Kevin Rader could be We'll see how they handle that. But with Vance McDonald retiring, they do have a vacancy that they have to fill. Um, CJ Hatcher 07 says, what would you do to address the Steelers offensive line issues? I think it starts not only from a philosophical standpoint on how you want to run the football, meaning you can't always run the ball out of shotgun. You want to be able to use your fullback a little bit more. That's why you pay Derek Watt all that money. And you also need to upgrade some of your linemen. So I talked about Filer, talked about Pounty, talked about Villanueva they need to get more Kevin Dotsons on the team. The guys that are graders that are going to be willing to get nasty, go downhill. Hey, look, you want to watch a good offensive line, watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers O-line. They are mean. And that's what you want an offensive line to be. You want them to be mean, nasty, gritty group that's willing to get low, get those tough yards. That's what they need to do. It starts with philosophy and it leaks on down to the personnel groupings and getting the right players in the right position. Last question here. Tanner asks, is this the year to trade back in the first to get a few more early-round picks? The team will face many depth issues and will need to find potential starters on the O-line at running back and maybe even corner. Frowny face. (laughs) Look, Tanner, I have always been a guy that says I would be fine if the Steelers decided to actually... I would be hundred percent fine if the Steelers wanted to trade back. Here's the thing. You have to have someone that wants to trade up with you. So if a team does call, let's say it's a team like the New York Jets. Okay. They have a really, they have like, I think they're the second overall pick and then they're waiting around and let's say there's a player that they really want on a number 24. Well, the Steelers might get a phone call if they get a phone call. Yeah. Okay. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely trade you. We'll take your top pick in the second or something like that, or whatever the case may be. They won't give up that top pick in the second. I shouldn't have said that. But yeah, you. I would be fine trading back, especially if the prospects that you're really looking to target are gone. If Trey Lance is gone, if other quarterbacks are gone, if running backs are gone, offensive line gone, there's no one. The one thing you don't want, if you do have that phone call, if you get that phone call, you don't want to be stuck in a situation where it's Artie Burns or Terrell Edmonds. If you get the phone call and you don't really have someone that you're in love with, take the call, move back, live to fight another day, and get the extra picks. I'm 100% on board with that. All right, folks, went a little bit over. We typically do on Wednesday. I apologize, but I don't think you mind too much. Look, every Wednesday we're going to do this, so make sure you follow me on Twitter at Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T so that you find me on Twitter, follow, and then when I put that out on Tuesday... Make sure you respond, and I will answer every single question that's underneath that tweet. Folks, hope you have a great Wednesday. It's hump day. I will be back on Friday to talk about a lot of stuff. There's no football game this weekend, so we're going to be talking Tom Brady. We're going to be talking Matt Canada. We're going to be talking Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah, all on Friday, so stay tuned. We'll be back. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain. Follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we
0: go. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music.